Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Purpose Map Podcast. I'm Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. And today we have a beautiful guest who's joining us to talk about how you can feel worthy and well nourished. I mean, we don't necessarily use that language in our episode today. You'll hear so much more from Taylor about the amazing work that she does as the founder of Inner Workout an incredible company that's here to help set you up with your self-care support system. So they offer products and experiences that help you do the inner work in a way that works for you. We're going to dig in shortly. And first, how are you? How have you been enjoying the podcast so far? I just really feel called to say that I love hearing from you. And when you send us an email, when you share episodes with your friends, when you rate and review this podcast, it's just so, so appreciated. And uh, it's just such a gift to be able to offer this to you and make these episodes for you. So please do talk to me and let me know what you want to hear from us in the future. To feel nourished, I mean, we could take that in so many different directions. And I suppose I feel like an integrative approach to self-nourishment is really important. When I think about feeling nourished, I'm not just talking about food and eating. And Taylor, today's guest, doesn't think about one dimension at all either. We geek out in this episode on the koshas, a part of yogic philosophy, and get to hear her interpretation of the koshas and how she teaches about the five dimensions, she calls them, in their work and how everything leads back to the five dimensions of self-care and well-being. So this episode is here for you. If you are looking to upgrade your self-care journey, and we're not just talking about like bubble baths and facials, of course, self-care can take many, many forms. And uh, Taylor has created so many amazing resources and products that can support you on your self-journey wherever you're starting from. So enjoy this episode. Feel free to tune in, share with a friend. Maybe you go on a self-care journey in the company of others, you know, sharing is caring and you're just going to love Taylor. Here we go. Let's get into it. All right, Taylor, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this all day. Yes, me too. It's always so nice to connect with you. Um, I'm curious how you're feeling in your body today. Interesting that you asked that. So I had a bunch of dairy last night and I should not have. And it triggers like some um, post-nasal drip that just like really doesn't feel great. So I'm feeling... Yeah, I'm not feeling the greatest in my body today, but I'm also feeling grateful for the fact that generally I listen to my body and don't have dairy. And this was a nice reminder of like, oh yeah, this is this is why we've made that decision. Oh, I I think it's kind of amazing how our bodies are always communicating with us. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like you kind of tested things a little bit. I do that sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. I learned this lesson before. And thank you, buddy, for sharing it with me again. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Exactly that. 
Yeah. I've been so excited to have you on because I feel like your work around inner workout so aligns with so much of what we teach around like letting our bodies lead and really engaging in a self-discovery process. And Mm -hmm. of course, I'd love for you to share a bit more about inner workout and maybe from the perspective in this moment of what that even means to you personally right now to be like in an inner workout practice. Yeah, I love that. So inner workout, we talk about the company as being your self-care support system. And the way that I define self-care and the way that the company defines self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. So it's exactly like what you said, this constant conversation with your body and with these other aspects of yourself. And so I think for me, my current relationship to doing the inner work and an inner workout practice has been really having some conversations about myself or with myself and kind of about myself um, (laughs) as I'm experiencing some discomfort, like some things that I'm thinking about for the business and having to figure out, am I uncomfortable because I'm stepping into something new or am I uncomfortable because these different aspects of myself are saying, oh, hey, this isn't meant for us or this isn't meant for us right now. So it's been a lot of looking inwards and kind of feeling into things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally relate to that. The the discernment between what is a guidepost to go in the other direction when you're feeling discomfort and what is a discomfort that's meant to be kind of focused in upon because it's meant for you. That's yeah. why that's how I feel about uh podcasting. Like I feel like I had resistance for five years and it's like, ah, oh, it it's because it's important, you know? Is there a particular area that you feel comfortable sharing that you're like, have that question around right now? Yeah. So I feel like, and we'll probably get into talking about the five dimensions of well-being, but really the foundation of all of Inner Workout's work and products are these five dimensions of well-being that are inspired by this yogic concept of the koshas. And so the dimension that I'd say I'm focused on most in my own life and my own inner work is the wisdom dimension, Mm. which is a lot about presence, about focus, and really listening to your inner voice. And so I was just telling my husband last night, I was like, I want to become the most present version of myself. And I'm so curious what is possible if I can step into this version of myself that is as present as I would like to be. Um, And when I have that presence, then I am so much more available to be able to discern, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, Discernment is a lot more difficult when my brain is going a million miles a minute in a million different directions. Mm, Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And whenever I hear the word presence, I feel like it's a word that's highly overused and yet not actually practiced or embodied or um I don't know it almost feels like too simple to just aim to be present and yet it is so profoundly powerful like what I'm hearing you say is presence is really what is a foundation for the discernments that's necessary to 
offer up aligned wisdom to yourself and make decisions based on that wisdom. Yeah, it is. And I, I feel the same way. I do think presence like self-care, I have a habit of becoming really interested in things that become part of the zeitgeist. And yes. then it's <laughs> like, I'm having to say, yes, I have a self-care company, but not like what you think it is. Exactly. It's so much deeper than that. And yeah. kind of the same with presence as well, this being here. And I remember one of my, or my, when I did my yoga teacher training, our instructor talked, he asked us this question. He was like, how can you get your students to meditate on the infinite? Mm. And so we're putting, throwing out all these different things. Like you get them to think about space, like what else, the ocean, what else is kind of infinite? And he says, you have them meditate on the present moment. And all of our minds were just blown for a moment because all I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling I've a just got a body too. big wave of chills for sure. <laughs> Because the present is all we have, like the past no longer exists. The past was a present moment. And then you have this present moment and then you never actually reach the future. It's just the present at that time until you pass into whatever life is next. Other realms. And so, yeah, it's like, that is so simple. Yes, we only have the present moment, but when you sit and think about it, it's, it blows my mind what a truth bomb, you know, like there are infinite numbers of present moments. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Um, So we've been talking a little bit about the five dimensions inspired by the koshas. I, when I first learned about the koshas in my yoga teacher training, maybe similar to you, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this wisdom? It's like so profound and so holistic, I would say, as a framework for well-being, self-care, self-discovery. And yeah, and and for um, our listener, would you mind explaining how you connect with the koshas and how you use them as the five dimensions as part of inner workout? And then we'll maybe talk a little bit more about your amazing self-care assessment after that, but give us a little intro to the five dimensions. So similar to you, when I was introduced to the koshas, there was this big aha moment for me. So I had at that point been on my own self-care journey for a year and a half-ish. And at that point, my definition of self-care was listening to your body and responding to the most loving way possible. Now it's listening within partly because of the koshas. And what I realized is so often when I was practicing self-care, I was only doing things for my physical part of my being. And then I was like, oh, the kosha show me that there's all these other parts of me that also need to be heard and tended to and cared for. And so that really unlocked something in me. Um, And I'd had the inspiration for inner workout, the company before I started yoga teacher training. It's actually why I did it is because Mm -hmm. I wanted more depth of knowledge. And a couple of weeks in, when I was introduced to the koshas, it was like, oh, that was what I was supposed to be here for. And that's what you're supposed to explore. So yes, there are five dimensions, five koshas, physical, energetic, mental, and emotional wisdom and bliss. And the reason why I kind of talk about them as five 
dimensions is because it's really my interpretation of the koshas. It's definitely inspired and rooted in this yogic philosophy, but it doesn't feel true to say that it is exactly the koshas. And if I would sit down with a a master yogi that they would agree with everything that I've interpreted. Um, But what I like about it is, yes, it shows me all these different aspects of myself. And when I am not feeling well cared for, I can pause and look and see, okay, what have I been doing that I would consider listening within and responding with love and which one of these dimensions is missing, which one of these dimensions isn't feeling cared for right now. And often that's where I need to direct my intention to. So it just gave me a vocabulary and Mm -hmm. an expanded way of listening to myself. Right. And it sounds like it helped you to decide how to bring yourself back into an integrated state or in what area you could tap into and what practices you could maybe use that could help to expand one of those dimensions should you feel like that's what you need in a moment to feel like your best self or to feel like you're caring for yourself and loving yourself. Does that feel like an accurate reflection back? Yeah. Beautiful. 100%. I took your take care assessment and first off from like a assessment and business perspective i'm like wow this is so well done just the assessment itself felt so um simple and easy to connect with and easy to find the sort of intuitive answers mm-hmm. um which i really appreciate and i'm just thinking tell me if i'm remembering this correctly but you're a fellow virgo right uh i'm a virgo rising virgo yeah. rising i knew we had some virgo in common but yeah. just like the like organization and beauty and etc um but yeah the take care assessment i really enjoyed the process of filling it out and also enjoyed getting my report back and you know you were talking about how it's the wisdom dimension that you've been putting more like awareness and attention on for yourself for me when i took that take care assessment and it was a bit ago it was i wonder i, I almost want to do it again because i wonder if things have shifted and changed um yeah. it was the energetic realm that was sort of the smallest dimension and um I thought that was really interesting to note, and particularly because I've been working with an energy healer and working on just like various elements of what I would relate with as the energetic realm. And so it was kind of like, "Hmm, this isn't surprising to me. And it was also like beautiful to receive the report and, and read up on what practices I might do to lean more into that area um and i guess i'm curious how that assessment came to be and like what what your journey has been with it or what you've even discovered through having i'm sure a lot of people take the assessment yeah um so how did it start it started really during covid so inner workout used to have a different business model and over covid i realized that I didn't necessarily, we, we have a whole practice in five parts that incorporates the five dimensions of well-being. And I realized I didn't necessarily want to create like an online inner workout studio where I was mm. teaching every day, but I could see, and I could feel for myself that so many people were in need of self-care and were in need of an entry point to be in conversation with themselves. And I am such a nerd for assessments. I love them as 
conversation starters with yourself. And I hadn't really seen something taking that self-care angle. And I find for me, so I try to take the assessment once a quarter. I think it's really helpful for it to be a regular check-in for people. Um, And where was I going with that? Oh, I try to... Oh, go ahead. You were just talking about how it came to be and how you find it really useful to take assessments and can get nerdy about assessments and you try and take it once a quarter. Yes. I try to take it once a quarter. And when I take it, I find that even just sitting and asking the questions to myself, even before I get the feedback is really useful. Like sometimes I read a question I'm like, Ooh, I've been avoiding asking myself that. Yes. That's insight right there. And that's exactly what I uh, discovered for myself, too. When I said that the questions were so, like, simply put and potent, it's like the journey begins the moment you, like, click (laughs) start the assessment. Um, Because just being asked those questions illuminates mm, just some forgotten areas, perhaps. (laughs) So I totally agree. Yeah. So I really like it for that. And then I also wanted to have people be able to have practical things. So to the people listening, it's free. You can try it. I'm sure that Casey will put it somewhere so that you can access it. But when you take the assessment, it's 75 questions. And then there's five dimensions of well-being. There's 14 sub-dimensions. So every dimension has two or three sub-dimensions. And the way that I built those out um, was partly by looking at like science and what supported different things like sleep is under the mental and emotional dimension because your cognitive ability is really affected by sleep. Your Mm -hmm. ability to manage and process emotions is really affected by sleep. So um, some of the questions and things come from different ways to evaluate pieces that we know have research, like what makes a good night's sleep or what makes a supportive breath. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of the assessment, there's practices. So there's one practice for the area that you're relating with best right now that maybe is something you wouldn't have thought to try. And then there's two practices for the area that you need a little bit more support. And so you have the self-care experience taking the assessment And then you have some practices and things that you can try right away. Um, And it's been really beautiful. I love like that. It's weird to me that people take this and are supported by it. And I love having conversations with people about what comes up for them or how things have shifted or even seeing how things shift for me as I take it seasonally. Mm, Isn't it amazing when by doing the work that you feel called to do, you see the result of it impacting and transforming people in both like very simple or seemingly simple ways and also truly life-changing ways. You know, like self-care isn't a, uh, I don't know, like nice to have. Like it literally could change your life and change how you show up to everything in your life and really help with that sense of feeling nourished Mm. across dimensions. So, yeah, I love that. And you're reminding me as you talk more about it, and especially I feel inspired by what you said about taking it quarterly. I'm like, it was probably last quarter that I took it. And I think we're probably going to get off this call and I'm going to go over and take it again. And I recommend that everyone who's listening does the exact same thing um, because it's so good to check in. And, you know, I don't know about you, Taylor, but I'm finding... This week and last week, I feel, 
different um, in almost like a bigger way. Like, you know, there's, I feel different day to day. Like I th- feel like I have to check in with myself day to day. And I'm just noticing a shift with the seasons. Like it's getting colder. Um, it's like I'm having a harder time waking up in the morning. And I'm finding too, it's like the last half of my cycle, my energy shifts. And I'm curious if you're open to chatting a little bit about like cycles and seasons and how self-care practices might need to change as the seasons change or as, you know, people who menstruate (laughs) move through a different part of their cycle. What are your thoughts on that? This is one of my favorite conversations to have. When I was saying earlier how I have this tendency to like tiptoe into industries and terms that get overused and sometimes misused, I feel like when I was first starting my self-care journey, I felt like I need to build a routine and then that routine should last me the rest of my life. And if it needs to change, then I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing self-care wrong, which is the exact opposite result that you're looking for when you're building a self-care practice. And so, yeah, I think part of listening to yourself and responding with love is acknowledging, just like you just said, that we are different day to day and that our environment is changing sometimes in really obvious ways. Like I'm going to feel super different in a couple of weeks when daylight savings hits and I, there's light in the morning again but sometimes it's more subtle, gradual changes. And so, yeah, I think it's so important to have that conversation with yourself and to have grace as things change. I definitely, I'm not as guilty of this now, but I have been guilty of holding on to a practice of waking up at 5am because I felt like that was what I was supposed to do all the time. But then it started not making me feel cared for. And then if I got up at 5.30, I was feeling bad at myself or for myself. And so I think it's really, in order to feel cared for, you need to acknowledge that you are a dynamic being in a dynamic world. And so your practices should also be dynamic. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how um, through a big chunk of the first part of the pandemic, my self-care practices involved a lot of um, morning pages, like writing in the morning and maybe pulling some tarot or oracle cards just to get my like creativity and intuition going and were kind of tools to feel into my own body and how I was responding to what was coming out of me or what I was reflecting on in terms of the like oracle card. And I would like spend that time and then like do a meditation And then I went home to my home province and was around family for a whole month um, and had a new nephew who was born. And and the first couple of days I woke up and I sat down and I got my coffee in a new space and I started doing my morning pages and like pulling a card. And there was this moment where I'm like, this is not helping me right now. And what shifted is I actually hired a trainer and started going to the gym and strength training. And I hadn't done that in a couple of years. And it felt like the most like energy giving, expansive 
self-care practice shift that I made during that time. And it kind of like sparked this um, journey back into physical fitness that I'd sort of let go of or wove in and out of, especially along my yoga journey. And Mm. it's funny, that's been basically Q3, let's say. And this morning I went to go to the gym and I'm like, my body is tired and I'm tired and I just feel like I need more rest. And it feels like I'm on the precipice of another shift. So it's like what you said about the, you're a dynamic being, the environment's dynamic, the world we're in is dynamic. It makes sense to change up your self-care practices if we're truly like listening to ourselves. (laughs) So I feel like uh, this conversation is perfectly timed to reevaluate and take steps forward. Um, What self-care practice are you enjoying right now that feels like it's serving you even if it's just today (laughs) yeah um so similar to you I have been navigating my own movement practice and it shifts I've been into a combination of boxing and strength training and strength training especially has become like really meditative to me Mm -hmm. when I like have the weights and I'm figuring out how I want to coordinate my breath to the movement. And um, yeah, there's just something about it. It's also been a really good playground for me to notice patterns and how I talk to myself. Mm, So my husband was actually like sitting as I was working out and I was talking to myself and he was like, babe, were you talking to me? But I was just acknowledging this is really allowed to be hard right now. Like it feels hard right now. And it's okay, Taylor. Um, instead of being like, why are you like, you should be able to do it at this weight, no problem. So that's been something that's been really nourishing to me. It makes me feel really strong. It makes me feel really connected to myself. And it also like helps with my anxiety too. Mm, yeah. It's amazing to me how exercise and I don't know, there's something about strength training. Like, and for me, lifting heavy stuff that is like, it's like strengthening on a physical level, but it also makes me feel more emotionally strong and resilient and mentally strong and able to cope with the world better. At least in this last season, that's been true. Um, And I love that you engage in conversation with yourself out loud. What a gift to hear yourself like talk. Yeah. And I will say I, I work out at home, so no one else is hearing me as I'm doing my strength training. But I honestly, like at this point, I do have a membership. I just never go, but I'm like, yeah, I probably would say this stuff. Hopefully it would inspire someone else. Yeah, totally. I, I go to a gym and I definitely talk to myself. I think we should, I think we should normalize that. Yeah. Um, where do you think people get kinked up? when it comes to listening to themselves or caring for themselves in a loving way? Like, what is it that you feel makes that hard for folks? That is a really great question. Hmm. In terms of listening to themselves, I think the hardest thing is that most people don't spend time with themselves. So I know at it, like we're always with ourselves. In theory, it's not like you can necessarily just leave, but in the moments that you have to yourself, 
you might find yourself on the phone, on TikTok, on Instagram, or like, let me just shoot off one more email really quick, or let me put on a podcast or an audio book. Um, I'm guilty of that too sometimes because I, I always, I'm like, I want to learn new things. I want to blah, blah, blah. And I've had to carve out intentional times to not have anything on in the background to make sure that I have time every day that I'm with my thoughts. Um, yeah. And sometimes I just challenge myself and I'll be like, okay, we're riding our bike somewhere. Let's see if on the way there, we don't have a podcast on. And then on the way back, you can reevaluate and maybe we decide that we have a podcast on, on the way back. And then most of the time I don't, cause I'm like, oh, this is actually really lovely to have this time with myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the hardest thing is there's just so much competition for our attention. Mm, and yeah. we don't always realize that. Um, and it can be hard too, because like, I have curated a pretty good TikTok feed and a pretty good Instagram feed. So I genuinely could go on Instagram and be inspired, but that's not the same as me actually spending time with myself. On the loving response end, what I think is difficult is actually incorporating that love into the response because we'll do a lot of things out of obligation because this person that we admire uses this tool or this practice in this way. And so I need to force myself to fit into that, which isn't loving Mm -hmm. Um, instead of, okay, this is the starting point that this person has offered me. Let me feel into what feels good for me in this season. Um, So if you actually, and I will say that's if you actually get to the point of the loving response. I do also think there's a good amount of people who maybe do realize that there's something that they need And then just keep saying someday, 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 I will support myself. I will make time for this. And it just ends up not happening. So Mm -hmm. that's the biggest competition is just not doing anything. Yeah. It's easy to put self-care practices off, uh, especially in what I'm hearing you say, especially when there are a lot of different things that are fighting for your attention or competing for attention. That made me think of when you were raising funds for your Instead deck, which for people listening, it's like a deck that helps you to catch yourself when you're mindlessly scrolling and maybe check in by offering up a bit of wisdom or a question to help with that introspection. And when you were raising money for that deck, I was in a particularly... I would say challenging relationship with social media where it just felt like I didn't have the strength and resilience to have the boundaries I needed around social media. And I was more often than not, not feeling creative or inspired by it, but rather deflated and in a space of, I would, it was triggering me into a space of self-criticism or not enoughness. And it was like, okay, I'm aware of this. So that's like the first part. Okay. I could see this happening, but to your point, like the, then take a loving response, it would be hard to then take the next step of finding like a loving way to respond to that awareness. And when you were announcing that you were creating this deck, I was like, this is brilliant. And then obviously was so excited to get my deck because it was such a useful tool for 
helping me to scroll less when it wasn't serving me and connecting with my body. And yeah, I'm curious where the inspiration for that came from for you. It came from, so I, you mentioned like Oracle decks earlier and that we have this, like, before I started in our workout, I did a bunch of customer discovery and I talked to a lot of women about their relationships to self-care and I call that like the OG feedback document. I also kind of think about it as like inner workouts Oracle. Like whenever I'm unsure where to go next, I'll often go back to these interviews with these women. Cause I didn't tell them what I was building. I just asked them like, who are you? What is your relationship to self-care? What's hard? What would you change if you could change anything? And I went back to that feedback and I kept seeing that people felt like they didn't have time for self-care And then also I kept seeing people on my Instagram being like, I'm spending way too much time here or me feeling like I'm spending too much time on Instagram. And it just kept coming up in the conversation. And so I saw that like, oh, I thought I couldn't give people more time, but people do actually have time. They're just investing part of it on Instagram. What if we just like took some of the Instagram bucket and put it into the self-care bucket? And that's really where the inspiration came. And a lot of people seem to resonate with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I love that you called it the like OG customer feedback document and like how wise to use it like an oracle and go back and be like, ooh, what was something that they said in the very beginning about what made self-care hard? Um, And then you just, sounds like you noticed trends and that coming up over and over again that social media was taking more time than people wanted and instead they wanted more time for self-care yeah what's the response been like since because when when did you first start fundraising for that deck and now I'm sure like lots of people have it and you've been receiving feedback from it what's what's that process been like and what have you been hearing in terms of the outcome from that deck yeah it's the first time that I've put a physical product in that way into the world like we had a journal before, but it was just like a branded journal. This was like the first, there is a concept behind it product. Um, So that launched, the Kickstarter launched in February and that product continues to be our best selling product. So that aligns to the wisdom dimension. Cause like I was saying before, the wisdom dimension is about like being present and being able to listen and respond to your inner voice. Um, and now we have a product for each of the dimensions of well-being. And out of all of the products, it's far and away the best seller. Um, and yeah, I'll have people say, like, I have this on my desk. It's right, I actually have it just off camera right now, but people will be like, Yeah, I have it on my desk, or like I use it for this thing. Um, I also once a quarter I'll you I'll do office hours where I just send an email to inner workouts newsletter list and say, like, I'm blocking this day. I'll do 15 minute conversations with whoever wants to meet. And it was so fun to have people be like, oh yeah, my instead decks like right here as we're talking. And so, yes, people are getting good use out of it and using it as a way to check back in with themselves. That's awesome. I love it. And I love that you've, again, like responded to your clients, customers, community members demand and added these products that help to support the different dimensions of self-care and well-being. And I'm curious how you 
Well, maybe like first how products or physical tools can help in the process of self-care. Because sometimes I think when I think about self-care, I think about, I don't know, meditation and just like sitting on my mat. That doesn't necessarily require a tool. Um, And there are tools that can help me go deeper in any one of the, the realms. So how do you feel like we can use physical items to support self-care practices. And I'm also curious, like what your favorites are right now. Yeah. So I was really resistant actually to doing products, like instead made a lot of sense. And then I was like, okay, well, I might as well experiment with some other products, but I felt like I spent so much time telling people that like, you don't necessarily need a product to practice self-care that I wanted to make sure I could do it in a way that still felt in alignment and had like really clear intentions for where this could connect in your journey or in your practice. And as we talk about inner workout as a self-care support system, we have practices, partners, and products. And products are like intentionally the last piece. So practices are like Things that you do regularly, whether you do them by yourself or in community, don't necessarily need any money to Mm -hmm. or support for those. And then partners, which again, might be a therapist, might be a coach, might be an energy healer, like you mentioned, might be a group of friends that you meet with once a month. So could cost money, may not cost money. And then there are products. And I think that products are most useful when they have a clear intention Um, when they are enhancing or deepening an experience. So I don't, I don't have it by me right now, but we have this stasis essential oil blend that is, even if it weren't my product is something that has been really useful for me. It's formulated by a clinical aromatherapist with a blend of oils and citrus and woodsy, um, sense to really help bring you back to center. And I use it a lot when I'm anxious, I have generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and I will rub it on my temples or underneath my nose. Um, and it's really been useful for me to remember to breathe, to slow down. And I almost use it as like a positive trigger where if I'm feeling super anxious, I put it on and it's like, oh yeah, let's breathe let's explore what's going on beneath the surface. And I end up like five, 10 minutes, but five, 10 minutes later, feeling a whole lot better. So Mm. that's my favorite product right now, but it's hard. It's kind of like picking a favorite child. Yeah. 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 Right. All your little babies all in a row. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that you love the product. Like you love the smell, I'm sure how it feels and that it's extra potent because of the intention with which you use it. Like, it sounds like that product for you is when you grab it, it's a state changer. It's a cue to tune into your breath, to reconnect with your senses and to take a little bit of time to sort of introspect on what you need to come back to center. In addition to it being an essential oil that smells good, you know? Yeah. Which I think is a really beautiful way to connect with products. Exactly. Like I, when you know exactly what you're using them for. And if you think that they're just going to be a magic bullet or like 
all of a sudden I'm going to become like this person who's selling it to me, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you know, like, oh yeah, I can use this as a tool that's going to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think with aromatherapy, especially it's interesting because there's not a ton of research on aromatherapy, but what we do know is that it can be really useful, mostly because people decide that it's going to be useful. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a placebo. We um, love the placebo sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like if it works. Yeah. And it smells good. Like, okay, sign me up. Yeah, totally. I love that. I, I'm really appreciating about you, Taylor. I, I mean, I remember feeling this way. I do feel this way each time I speak with you. And today I'm I'm remembering just what feels like one of your gifts is being so thoughtful in someone's journey through your work, you know, and offering up various ways to access the material wisdom support that people need for self-care. Like, I feel like everything that you put out into the world is very intentional and thoughtful, and it feels like such a gift to be able to witness that in you. Um, so I just like really, really appreciate that about how mm-hmm. you do your work and about how you show up in the world and how you create so thoughtful and so generous to support people in these different ways. For someone who is uh, at the start of a self-care journey or, you know what, going through, I, I feel like a big transition, say like a burnout or breakup. I think sometimes that's when we can be redirected to self-care and to finding like nourishing habits. Where would you suggest that they start? Mm. Yeah. Um, outside of inner workout. I think the first thing that you do is you take five minutes and you sit with your thoughts. You might want to have a pen and paper handy or not, but just like the moment to allow yourself to be there in the midst of that situation and change without being so focused on what needs to happen next or where you're going, but to just be there in the present moment. Because I have created resources, I will share some of the things that Inner Workout has that I think will be helpful. I think the take care assessment is always a really good starting point. Even just sitting with those questions like we shared earlier is an amazing opportunity for you to realize things that maybe had just kind of gone underneath the surface. Um, And when you take that assessment, you'll get a link to download your profile. You'll also get a link to our building your self-care support system free mini course. And that really talks more in depth of what I was just talking about with the partners, the products and the the partners, products, practices, practices. I did it backwards. (laughs) Practice first. (laughs) Yes. Practice first. But those three P's in it actually like walks you through mapping out your support system and seeing what's missing. So those two tools in tandem will give you like a running start into figuring out what self-care support you need as you're going through this transition or as you're just starting out. Yeah, those are beautiful suggestions. I also just had the hit to mention your podcast too. Are you still doing your podcast? I should ask. Yes. But yeah. So Tell tell us more about that, because I feel like those those questions that you're asking the listener are also opportunities to kind of tune in. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't even think about that. I was just recording that podcast before we got on. 
Um, thank you. Yes. So we have a podcast. It's called Inner Warm Up. It's where your inner work begins. And the idea is it's almost like you're being interviewed or an audio journaling prompt. And so they're really short, about 10 minutes. And every week there's a different question and there's time in that episode for you to sit with yourself and explore that question. I am really guilty of listening to a podcast and being like, yes, I'm going to go do that thing. And then I don't. And so that's why we have it contained in the episode. So in 10 minutes, you will have spent some time with yourself. So brilliant, Taylor. I love it so much. Uh, What haven't I asked you that I should have asked you that's really important in this conversation about self-care? Honestly, you've asked so many good questions. Um, The thing that's coming up to share is just that like, I, yes, I have been really thoughtful in building out these frameworks and having this conversation, but I just also don't want people to feel like self-care has to be so serious, like loving yourself and responding with love is also really fun. Like think about the things that you do for fun for people that you love. And so don't in all of this conversation about care, forget about like the love and joy that exists as well. Do you have a silly example of something that just brought you such delight and it was maybe by accident or by surprise or was just like super light, joyful, fun, and it totally served as self-care? Yeah. Um, what's happened recently? Um, random dance parties that happens pretty regularly. Um, yeah, (laughs) I'm like just laughing, thinking of my, I will do like whole performances. Um, so that's really something fun. And a lot of times it's just a song is stuck in my head. So I put it on. And the next thing, you know, I'm like having a full performance also looking at things in nature and just allowing myself to be delighted by them, whether it's like a flower or an animal that's just like going around doing something cute or silly, uh, making sure I take time to really look and see what's actually around me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I catch myself just walking down the street and, you know, I catch myself on autopilot. It's like for a moment, there's that part that can witness that I've just walking down the same street I always walk down not paying attention and then I'll get this hit like look around like feel the sun you know or I don't know sometimes I just laugh at myself too because I'll get a thought or remember a joke or something that someone told me and it sort of like snaps me out of my autopilot and I feel like those kind of random spontaneous moments offer up the self-care I didn't know I needed you know So, yeah, yeah, I love that you added in that bit of wisdom that it doesn't have to be so serious and we can have fun with self-care practices. Um, That actually just made me think about how um, it's it's not something to add to the list of things that we beat ourselves up for. You know, like I think Mm -hmm. sometimes the self-care can kind of go on the list. And then when it's hard to do, it's like the opposite of loving or, or when someone finally chooses to do it, they're doing it because they think they should, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's really important for us to think about that intention piece. I completely agree. Yeah. It can get really Yes. Everything you said, you said it so beautifully. I don't need to add anything to it. It's like 
doing yoga because you think you should and counting down the moments to be done your yoga practice isn't really self-care. No. You know? Yeah. So I appreciate your wisdom so much. Um, where can people find you? I mean, I'll make sure we have all our little notes and links for the things that you mentioned here, but where would be the the best place for people to stay connected with you? Yeah. So inner workout is on Instagram at inner workout, and then it'll link to my personal Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. And then inner workouts website is innerworkout.co. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to see you soon, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is now time for you to integrate. I just want to reiterate something that Taylor said when I asked her, where do you suggest that people start? She said, first, take five minutes to be with your thoughts. And so you might already be jumping ahead to like, I'm going to go take this take care assessment or I'm going to go listen to her podcast. And I invite you to even slow that down. And can you, right after this podcast is done, take five minutes, maybe set a timer, literally set a timer and be with your thoughts and maybe journal, right? Like what came up for you in this episode and what really resonated with you? And or actually, I'm feeling called to share with you a tool called Voxer, which you might like. It's kind of like a walkie-talkie app that you can get on your phone. I love it because it allows me to talk into my phone and save uh, verbal notes for myself. So sometimes when I don't want to process something via writing, I talk to myself. I mean, Taylor and I talked about that earlier, how we talk to ourselves in the gym, whereas we work out. Um, But you could use Voxer as a tool to take five minutes and talk out to yourself what resonated with you in this episode and what you would like to do next or how you're even feeling right now. Um, Back to Taylor's point, she said, take five minutes to be with your thoughts. And I really want to double click on that and invite you into integrating in that way. All right. That's all for today. I love you for tuning in. Thank you so, so very much. And I can't wait to chat with you in the next episode. Take really great care. Bye.